the start where he worked for a billionaire by the name of Charlie Munger, co-chairman of Berkshire Hathaway with Warren Buffett. And he was able to double the sales of nine different companies for Charlie, all within 12 to 15 months and several of them multiple years consecutively. So we realized he had a system for doubling sales. And the concept is very simple. Hi guys, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Warrior Show. This is hosted by me, Nilesh Jain, and today we have a super duper amazing guest. And this is where we interview entrepreneurs, affiliate marketer, coaches, and consultants. And in this amazing series of interviews, today we have super awesome guest. She is the CEO of Chat Home, Chat Homes International, which has worked with over two hundred fifty thousand businesses in the worldwide. She is the daughter of Chet Holmes, and Chet is the found. Uh, Chet found the concept of Dream Hundred and wrote a New York Times best best time selling book and Ultimate Sales Machine, which is recently become a best selling book once again. And congratulations to Amanda on that point. And at the age of twenty four, she inherited her father's multi million million dollars enterprise, which specialized in helping comparison companies double their sales. And her success has made it clear that she was born to lead. In the first two years of taking ham of the company, Amanda increased leads by eleven hundred and seventy six percent and double the coaching client two years in a row. So without further ado, let's have Amanda on the stage. Hi Amanda. Hello. Hi. It's uh, really glad to have you, and I'm super thrilled to be uh, on this amazing interview. So thank you so much once again for joining us and giving your precious time to us. Happy to be here. Yeah. So before we proceed further, uh, further, are you are you hearing me loud and clear? Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much. So we can directly start like. you are a songwriter singer songwriter so how uh, like how was the transition from a singer songwriter to a ceo of an international organization terrifying <laughs> yeah it was a uh, i had no idea about the business um in the year and a half before my father passed he spent over 300 nights in the hospital and never a night alone between my mom, my brother and myself and so I easily spent 100 all-nighters with him and never once did he sit me down and say, "Amanda, here are my businesses. Here's who runs my businesses. Here's what I'd like for my business." We never had that conversation and yet there was time and we could have. So it was rather shocking to then have my father pass who I was very close with and I loved him very dearly. So to go from mourning his loss to now there's a couple hundred people all looking to me they're double my age majority of them and i have no idea so originally they just gave me a title of chairwoman of the board so um and over 2 years i hired and fired different c suites to try and fill that void because i really didn't want to step into the business until eventually I did, but it was it's it was a wild ride, definitely. It's a completely thrill journey, but because at the age of twenty four, you are just too uh, young. Like uh, I'm just twenty six, so I know uh, when we are twenty four and twenty six, 
or uh, what moment we are going on and just now you mentioned uh, you handle this uh, position of ceo and in your previous interview mentioned like uh, you did a webinar at the age of 26 and there were 400 plus ceos in the room some of them were uh, older 50 uh, year older than you uh, so and you were teaching them how to double the sales and all those things how was your feeling at the moment and are you nervous excited and how did you handle this feeling yeah i think the only skill set that really came over from my singing career was that i'm very comfortable in front of crowds and audiences it's always been natural for me i feel more natural on a stage in front of a group of people <laughs> so and then i also came from uh entertainment so i know the concept of okay let's keep people engaged let's keep them entertained i could do that and then i used the script that my father put together he'd been training organizations right for decades on how to double sales so my script was there i could present it um it was just massive amounts of fear of like well i'm only 26 how i've never done this before uh but then i also thought well we have sales people that are also doing these presentations and they hadn't done done it before but my father had and everything that i was presenting was based on what he had done so i uh a lot of this was the mental <laughs> breaking through of the barriers and my guru actually was a huge part of that uh, sarvaloka ma her holiness shri 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 1008 guruji punam ji and uh, maybe you're familiar with uh, are you familiar with uh, baba neem karoli ji maharaj uh, not neem exactly yes yeah neem i heard mm -hmm. well uh, he's my param param guru so my guru is the living heir to the to the gifts of baba neem karoli and so she helped me realize all these mental barriers and helped me be able to step through them and just see i am here to serve i am here my prayer was please i grant myself permission to connect to my higher self uh please use my hands to be a conduit of light and love so when i release so sorry when i release the necessity to have it be about me and instead re recognizing this was about the people that I'm serving and they it had nothing to do with what I had or hadn't done and I just come from this place of how can I best serve them then I started doing these webinars on a regular basis majority of the time it was several hundreds of CEOs on the call and I was guiding them through and I just had to engage them I had to keep them interested I had to keep their attention and our strategies are time you know timeless they've been proven over decades so just trusting in that and being there to think of them and their results helped uh immensely that's that's how we were able to double our clients multiple years in a row and wow completely awesome uh so we can say uh spiritual thing is something that has helped you a lot in your journey so would you like to add on more point how exactly it helps you like you mentioned it help you in a mental way it give you a sense that i am here to serve but and i remember you mentioned in one of your interview like you invest your five years with one uh, guruji that you mentioned right now so that five years how it actually transition you as a person I've studied under my guru for 10 years now actually wow. and it's 
everything. I mean, absolutely everything. When I first met her, I was allergic to wheat. If I smelled pizza, I would get nauseated. If I talked to somebody with alcohol in their breath, usually like beer on their breath, I would get nauseated. If I actually ate it, I would have to go to the hospital. So it was a very high allergy to wheat. And she said to me that every disease in the body is just a disease of our minds. And when we can release that from our minds, then our body can be cured. And I said, wow, I'd love to learn because, you know, no Western doctor has ever given me a cure. They just say, don't eat this food. So I traveled all the way to Singapore to study uh, in her ashram and go through a program of hers. And in three months, she helped rebuild my stomach lining so much so that I was cured of celiacs. And I just went, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, this is a miracle. This is amazing what you're teaching. So when I came back to the United States, I inherited uh, that's right when my father then passed and then all of the company came onto my shoulders. So I studied under her this whole last 10 years of how to better unlock more of your brain capacity because uh, our intellect is inhibited by our own fears, our own angers, our expectations, our guilts. And it's those emotions that when we're unable to manage our own emotions, then we don't make logical decisions that are in our best and highest good. So I have gone through her classes, uh, helped me with discernment because meditation, I mean, by definition, it's an altered state of consciousness. And yet so many people think that meditation is just sitting quiet. And but when you sit in silence, the monkey mind, the chatter in the mind usually just gets louder unless you've truly mastered your mind, which is not a first step of meditation. So she taught me that to have an altered state of consciousness, if you use the sound of your own voice and you speak it outward in repetition, it actually helps to calm the chatter of the mind so you can get into a flow and actually experience that altered state at a much faster rate. So I uh, used meditation and you know different chants like Gayatri Mantra, I do all the time, oh. I do all the time. Awesome. Um, I'm, I'm still memorizing Hanuman Chalisa. I haven't gotten to memorization, but I do it a lot, you know? So, uh, Om Namah Shivaya. I mean, all of these, uh, chants that I would throughout my day, I'm perpetually, perpetually coming back to that place of trying to raise my intellect. Um, yeah. Repeating mantras. So she's helped me. I mean, my company wouldn't be here today if it weren't for Guruji. Wow, thank you for sharing this amazing insight because we are personally uh, limiting ourselves to achieving higher things and uh, your Guruji is actually help you and your spiritual thing and all the mantras that you share, they have really deeper power. Every single morning I also listen Hanuman Chalisa and Gayatri Mans sometimes. So definitely they are create an inner peace that yes, I am here to serve and I am here, here to make impact to serve more. So with that, let's move to uh, again. Uh, so at starting of your journey, uh, like uh, within a say two year of your business, you generated 1176% of your leads, like you doubled it. So what was the strategy that you changed and that helped you to increase this number, this massive growth into your business? Yes. So my father taught a concept called the Dream 100. He invented it. And it came from the start where he worked for a billionaire by the name of Charlie Munger, co-chairman of Berkshire Hathaway with Warren Buffett. 
And he was able to double the sales of nine different companies for Charlie, all within 12 to 15 months and several of them multiple years consecutively. So we realized he had a system for doubling sales. And the concept is very simple. So there's always a smaller number of better buyers then there are all buyers. That means the marketing and selling to them is cheaper than marketing and selling to all buyers. So he led an intensive dream 100 where he just focused on a hundred of their better buyers and then assisted him to double sales in multiple companies several years in a row. Now I looked at that concept and went, okay, you know, it's been a couple years now since my father passed. I want to do something to re-engage and let everyone know that we're here to stay. So I reached out. I did, instead of a, a Dream 100, I really focused in on a Target 12. So I went out to 12 of the biggest names in my industry, and I said, we're doing an event that will be the largest uh, virtual event of the year. We're easily going to reach a million entrepreneurs. Um, it will be educational. This person, you know, name drop this person, this person, this person. I'm talking with this person, this, this person. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of this, we could assist you and you could, you know, generate some leads from it. So from that, I managed to get, I think I reached out to 16 and I got 12. And from that, we generated um, another 30,000 leads. Just that one event generated 30,000 leads without me spending a dime on advertising. Like if I had spent right money on it, it would have cost me several hundred thousand dollars if I had done it just with ads. But it was about finding those that had big followings already who happened to know of our brand. And I just cultivated them all together to lead this event. And it was a six hour event, a six hour virtual summit. And the average person stayed with us for four hours and 32 minutes. And these are CEOs. They're, they're canceling their meetings, going on to a meeting, canceling it to come back on to the, to the call because they found so much value out of it. So that really, it, in one six-hour event, it went from tra tragedy to triumph. We were, again, known by the industry. Oh, okay, they're here to stay. That's so good. We love what they teach. And, you know, it secured us back at, at uh, uh, top of mind for many people. Completely insane. Completely insane. And the Dream 100 strategy that your father has invented is literally super awesome. And uh, it is something that is when entrepreneurs go and use it in a proper way, they definitely go and make a huge number of, uh, number of uh, improvement in their business, right? So... Would you like to give some more insights on how entrepreneurs can also go more deep with the Dream 100 and categorize their Dream 100 in a proper way? Any list down, any framework? Yeah. So it's strange. Majority of businesses think that they know who they market to and think they understand their customer. Very often, what I found after interviewing all of our clients that use Dream 100, those that are successful, those that fall off and don't get the success they're looking for, it really comes down to not being very clear about who is on that list. Like people will say, oh, Dream 100, I need to come up with 100 names. And then they give up before they've even made a 100. That's why I say, if you could even be super focused and just identify, I mean, uh, one, five, 
10. It doesn't have to be 100. Today, you can hyper-focus. And when you look at that list, the first thing you can do, I'll give everybody homework here that's listening. I love Abhinandan. I don't know how to say his name exactly, but yeah, I love Abhinandan. I love seeing him in the comments. He is just uh, there with us. I'm so grateful. Uh, But um, uh, my advice would be go back and look at the last year of your business. Uh, You can even go back three years time and analyze. So you want to pull up all the clients you've had and how much they've spent with you. And then, and then um, organize it for the people that have spent the most with you to be at the top and just Look, because majority of the time, what we find is that 80% of sales are made by only 20% of clientele. The 80-20 rule is so common. And for those that are selling straight to consumer, look at where you get those, those clients from. Is it a specific place? Is it a specific referral partner? Is it a specific uh, website? Because that would be who your dream client is, is the one that's bringing all of those people. Or do they all live in one certain neighborhood? So I would identify from what you've already done to figure out who are those bigger, better buyers so that you can replicate that process. And when you really look at them, you have to see, right, where did they come from? Let's look at the lead sources. Let's look at what is in common. What made it so that they were great? Is it because you had similar core values? Do you do you, do majority of your bigger clients come from uh, the Gulf uh, the golf league that you're a part of, or do they come from the church that you both share or, you know, where are those clients coming from? And then uh, once you've come up with who those better buyers are based on historical data, then you go through the checklist of, okay, do they generate me uh, more money than my average client? That should be one question. Do they generate me profitability? Because just because they're spending a lot more with you doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting profit for them. Because if you're working quadruple the amount to get that bigger, better buyer, and there's no profit margin, then that's not a dream buyer for you. Next, you want to understand, is it eat, do what you give them, does it serve them the best? So just because you've sold them, does it make them happy? So you want to find those that when they purchase from you, they're very happy because it's a product market fit, right? You want to find those that are the best fit. That is a dream client. Next, you want to understand, are is there an ease to selling them? For instance, when I first started my Dream 100, I focused on the Fortune 500 companies because I thought those are the biggest and the best. You know, they'll spend the most with me. However, when I, when I started selling them, I realized that getting through procurement is so difficult. It could take me six to eight months just to get through the door, get all of the decision makers agreed, and then they purchased, which... Ideally, I'd like to have a much shorter span so somebody in the high eight figures or low nine figures could purchase the same kind of package from me and it wouldn't take me eight months to close that deal. So who is a better buyer for me? Somebody that uh, spends a lot with me is profitable, right? That when I fulfill on them, it's profitable for me, that they actually get the best benefit from my product or service, that it's ease to sell them. And then also I want to have it fun. If they're not fun, I don't really want to work with them. There's enough fish in the sea today where we can really identify who are the clientele that fit our core values. And then when we find them, it's, it's a no brainer. 
So those are that's a good five point checklist to determine who your dream clients are. It's completely insane. It's completely insane. Like, uh, do they have a spend quality? Are they profitable or not? And uh, they are really get benefit from us or not? And are they really enjoyed work with us? If they are not, then definitely we don't have to work. And literally awesome if they get qualified with these factors and then you can go and work with them. And it is completely insane. Thank you. So uh, right now, uh, if we can say there's a lot of entrepreneurs think that there is too much competition in the market and you have been in the business for a quite a long time. So what do you think? Is there uh, uh, is competition really there or is there no competition? What's your thought? Well, we're on the precipice of a pretty serious recession coming our way, right? And um, just by what happened with COVID and now we're seeing inflation rise like crazy. We're seeing the cost of living increase significantly. We're seeing layoffs happen. We're about to go through some serious economic times. And um, those that, you know, I get... I am so lucky that I get to be surrounded by leaders of industries across several different industries. And the way that they're talking, because they have the leverage, is they're positioning themselves for when their competition goes out of business during this next economic um, dip. They're figuring out how they're going to buy up their competition when they're on their last leg. So right now, yes, competition is fierce. Right now, you need to be the best you can possibly be because those that are lesser are going to go out of business just based on you know what's going on with the economy. So I would really focus on yourself. What are the skill sets that it takes to run an operationally efficient organization, which I talk about Dream 100. Yes, that is a great strategy. I talk about education-based marketing to get nine times more of your clientele in the door from what you're already doing. And that's just around adjusting your messaging. So you're leading with an education. Yes. Those are wonderful ways to generate more sales, but honestly, right now, the least sexy thing is what entrepreneurs need to focus on, which is do you run effective meetings in your day? Are you getting done? What needs to get done? Are you utilizing, if you have staff, are you utilizing your staff to the fullest? Are you communicating clearly? Because in times of disarray, they everyone needs to be on the same page. So do you have a format? Do you have a framework for how to make sure that everybody's giving their feedback and you're managing expectations and you're collectively coming up with answers so that everyone has their buy-in? Because when things get hard, then CEOs stand up and feel I need to come up with every solution. I need to solve all of this. But then you don't have a buy-in from an entire organization. You don't have buy-in from a team. So teamwork is going to be critical. I would get hyper great and singularly focus on how can I be better at my time? Time management. We have the same 24 hours in a day as any billionaire does. But the difference is they're, they've mastered the ability to manage their time. So for those of you that haven't read The Ultimate Sales Machine, you have to get it. Ultimate Sales yes, Machine. Guys, you have to. <laughs> right. I don't know why you wouldn't. It, it, my father, people paid him hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to uh, get what he put in this book for less than 20. I mean, it's just a steal. 
The first chapter is Time Management Secrets of Billionaires. There's six steps to improve your productivity by 500%. That's absolute. The second chapter is how to go from zero to 100 million and beyond. And that's around having effective meetings. We have 56, just in the United States, we have 56 million ineffective meetings happening every single day. You'll ask anybody, death by uh, meetings, right? We don't run effective meetings. So I would start blocking out those core competencies that are just skill sets that you need that gets your ability to make tough decisions quickly, to get buy-in of your staff, to get everyone on the same page and communicating for what we're about to experience so that you can deploy something like a Dream 100 campaign so that you can shift your messaging so that it's more strategic and lead with education rather than just pitching your services and only reaching 3% of the market. But I, I really, um, I'm shifting everything that we're doing and even crafting out some new trainings specifically around these simple concepts that isn't sexy, but holy cow, it's what we need right now. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you for this literally amazing things uh, sharing with us, like uh, time management. And uh, guys, I'm dropping this link of Ultimate Sales Machine in the uh, chat box in the description. Go and check out. If you didn't purchase it, go and buy it right now. I'm still waiting for my book. <laughs> it's me still too. Didn't you feel any better. <laughs> I don't. Have, the publisher has still not sent me my book, and I'm the author. <laughs> So oh I my. apologize. It should be coming soon. <laughs> no worries. But yeah, I'm super excited for that one. So uh, what was your biggest challenge as a CEO over the last eight years? What kind of challenges have you faced? Everything. <laughs> so many. Would um, you like to share one or two? Any? Um. I had a lot of people that I thought I trusted that were not trustworthy. The people that were, you know, family members, uh, people that have been with our organization for over a decade. Um, and when my father left, they, they saw, it was just very greedy and uh, they attacked my family. So that was probably the hardest. And over the last three years, more intensively, I've really focused on crafting and and attracting a team that has very similar core values as me and that I'm a lover. I'm, my father was a little bit more of a fighter. I'm more of a lover and I want to be surrounded by people that are care and have a servant mindset and have an impact driven um, piece to them. And that's who I've uh, chosen to put around me. So that the, the people around me was, was a very, uh, big difficulty. Okay. Got it. Yeah, definitely. You are lover because, uh, you love music and most of the time musicians who love playing, singing are really love, uh, soft hearted kind of person because I can relate with you because uh, I love music before this entrepreneurship. I tried to go into music, uh, music thing. I uh, did give intro to, uh, audition in some platform as well. <laughs> but yeah, so oh. that's the that's why I'm connect with you more on this point. So you uh, like uh, you were grown up in an environment of successful businessman and an entrepreneur, like your with your dad or Chad. 
what what kind of advice did you get from your dad related to money uh, mindset relationship but um uh, my father's favorite quote was uh what was it maturity is when all of your mirrors turn into windows so he would perpetually remind me over and over again that it's about looking out to those around you and caring about them and rising them up and looking to asking them questions and being more interested than interesting and uh that was a big learning for me throughout my life he was very big on that quote awesome thank you so much for sharing this out and uh, guys uh, can you just share a uh, one more few things about your new book and i'm dropping this link in the description for the people who have no idea about it yeah i would highly recommend it i've spent the last 4 years working on the new edition to make it mm -hmm. upgraded i mean all of the timeless strategies on there are, are the reason why it's you know one of the most beloved sales books of all time uh, i just updated the tactics so where my father talked about uh yellow pages and faxing i've now implemented you know social media dms and mm. text messaging and voice drops and automation so just updating what was already brilliant uh and making it relevant for the businesses today thank you so much amanda once again for sharing tons of golden nugget with us and thank you so much everyone like uh, abhinandan rj and every single people who is watching us thanks so much a lot and have a great day bye bye mm -hmm.